everyone, welcome to episode 17 of the Film Is Dead podcast. The date is the 8th of October 2020 and my name is John. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm James. And this week we're talking about the new Charlie Kaufman film, uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. So how have you guys been? <laughs> yeah, well, Sorry, back in another lockdown, aren't we really? Yeah, is that it now? It just sounded quite, quite, quite a weird um, introduction. Like, yeah, we're going to watch this film. How are you? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been bad, hasn't it? it's been a strange few weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people will notice, but we're back on uh, Zoom again. Yeah, I think, I think like last time we, we we may have not even last time before that we we, we spoke about the possibilities of going back into lockdown. It's, uh, it's finally arrived. Yep, we're, we're in a local lockdown now. I think we lost John there. I think um, we lost John. <laughs> not, 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 not sure what's going on there, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get to the bottom of the technical difficulties soon enough. So uh, stay, stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Hello. Oh, oh, there he is. Hey, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the trials and tribulations of using Zoom. Yeah, um, yeah. We have to uh, put up with it for now, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm back though. Yeah, you can hear me okay and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, like, uh, we're back in like a local lockdown now in Warrington, aren't we? Uh, we can still go to the shops and stuff. We can go to the pubs and what have you. We just can't meet up. In each of those houses, which is a bit of a no, bit of a pain for the podcast. Yeah. But like, uh, did you did you see like when they announced the local lockdown? They said it's like Merseyside, all Merseyside cities, and like basically all of the northwest is basically put into local lockdown. Yeah, Ex- excluding um, Blackpool, which is um, the one place I would think would need to be in lockdown. I feel like yeah, it's a debaucherous place, that ain't it really? So what? <laughs> Oh, that is one. That's a really uh, debaucherous kind of place. That in yeah, a place it, it where smut is, is freely available. It, it blows my mind that they've not been putting the lockdown, but it kind of makes yeah. sense because they don't want to stop um, the money that they get because they're going to get in from um, people going to like the, the light shows and stuff, do they? So exactly, it's a dirty place. I mean, I, I I once saw a woman eat a kebab off the floor it, on the promenade. <laughs> Yeah. Classic. <laughs> yeah. They do a lot of Hindus and stag do's and that, don't they? Uh, yeah. They interesting do. place, though. I think I, I feel like it's a bit of a tragic story of sort of a British coastline being sort of like they used to be the places that people went to, didn't they, on holiday? And I suppose yeah. what's happening now with lockdown, not that many, not as many people are going abroad. I think places like that will be busier, won't they? Be back in the old days, the heyday, putting the two penny yeah. slot machines on the. Uh, Promenade and stuff on like the that. pier. Yeah. On the pier. Yeah, it's been called uh, been called the Vegas of England before, hasn't it, Blackpool? Jesus. <laughs> it, 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 interestingly, as well, apparently Hitler didn't want it bombing because he actually liked Blackpool Tower when he Jesus. thought he was going to sort of invade England. When he, he thought at the end, don't no Luftwaffe bomb Blackpool because I fucking love that building. That's going to be my like little. That's funny because uh, he hated the Eiffel Tower in France. You know. You know, totally yeah, hated it. Similar, but then when he got there, he realised how beautiful it was. And like, I think the plans were even like vomit or something to like get rid of it. 
But then with the invader, and bomb it, yeah, yeah. When he got there and saw it, it was like, oh my god, it is actually beautiful. But uh, obviously, he like, claimed to be of an artist himself, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Claimed to have a bit of an eye for it. He did, and was it who? What was it? Uh, oh, was it Goebbels who was a big film fan, or was it Himmler? Well, according to the, the Quentin Tarantino film, maybe I don't know. Which I think it's true, like one of them. He was a propaganda guy, wasn't he, anyway? Yeah, he's a massive film fan. They made the propaganda films because of it and stuff. But, oh, I'm just going to do my head in now. I don't know whether it's Himmler or Goebbels, but yeah, one of them was actually like a bit of a wannabe director kind of thing. Do you have any Goebbels, you know? Yeah. Things are in about. I think it's right, but yeah, uh, just funny how, you know, how have we got to Nazis? <laughs> I don't know. Epstein or Goebbels. Pick <laughs> <laughs> one. So we just naturally like progress on to talk about Nazis, don't we? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> we, ne- we never, we never portray them in a, in a good light, though. Come on, we're not, we're not monsters. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just an interesting. Mon- they're a bad guy, aren't they? They're a good bad guy. They're the classic bad guy, aren't they? Classic yeah. bad guy. They would like, even zombify him. Make it, that makes it even better. Yeah. Who would Indy fight if there were no Nazis? You know what I mean? The... Exactly, got nothing left, have we? Yeah. Uh, but while we're talking about old stuff, uh, I'll chuck this out there for you. Have you guys heard of, I think it's called Louis Le, Louis Le Prince? Never. I'm looking at you here, Jimbo. You might know him. Right. Go on. Have you heard I'm of him sure. at all, uh, Louis, Louis Le Prince? I don't going think so, eight, no. Going back to 1892. Uh, yeah. Well, it is another question for you both, actually. Do you know who invented the, the movie camera? No, but I know kind of what year it was invented, though. I yeah, well, I was actually you... looking at something to do this the other day, actually. I think the photography was about, about uh, 1820, and it was about 60 years later. The, it was 1826 was the first permanent image that we know of, the earliest image. I think it was just out of a window or something like that. Um, that was 1826 or 1827. It was like 60 years later that he invented the video camera. And apparently, a lot of the first films ever made were actually filmed by, um, what's his name? The light bulb guy, not Tesla, the guy who fucking ripped off Yeah, Tesla. Edison. Thomas Edison, Edison. yeah, yeah. He did all of the, the earliest movies. One of the first actual films was called The Garden Scene, and it was just a few people in just a garden moving around. Dancing around, was, yeah. Yeah, but that was only a couple of seconds long. That was the first one. And then the second one was just some blurred piece of garbage. And then the other, the, the, the one after that, one a bit earlier than that, was uh, a guy juggling, like a, a little kid juggling around with some like uh, juggling sticks or whatever they're called. And then I think it, it, some of the older ones are really good, like a train going past and like, you know, and then it went to like 1906. And then that's when like the silent movie era was, was actually sort of. Yeah. You're right. Uh, like we mentioned him on the last podcast, but and we mentioned him because Edison. There's kind of rumours that like he he stole a lot of patents and stuff, stole a lot of ideas yeah. from people. Nikola Tesla invented the light bulb, and so on. So, yeah, and a, a similar thing here. Edison is cr- is credited with inventing the movie camera, yeah, which took moving pictures. But the guy called Louis Le Prince is the guy who actually invented it. And he was trying to patent the movie camera, and he conveniently, conveniently went missing on a train journey. He was never, got, was never seen yeah, again. Yeah. yeah, as he was trying, he was, having, he was having loads of issues with patenting this camera because, like, they were, they were picking up on technical issues where, like, the camera he was trying to patent 
encroached the pattern for the actual camera. You know, like a, right. a, a still, still camera. It wasn't different enough and all this, even which seems like a bit of, bit of horseshit, really. Like, it, you know, it was a different thing. Could but there was local, could loads like, local I heard you paint houses sort of thing, couldn't it? Um, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Could have been getting paid off by Edison or something. But, yeah, but I think so Edison anyways, was... Yeah, Ari- I'm sorry. In America, one. Yeah. And Louis Le Prince, in, in the process of trying to patent it, he got, he got a train to somewhere. I can't think now where it was, but he, he just vanished on the train. I was never seen again. That's pretty uh, And so his patent and went suspicious. Up Yeah. And like a year later, Edison was credited with inventing the movie camera. He's a dodgy guy, Edison, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it sounds like it. He's not a proper scientist, is he? He's just a businessman who steals people's stuff. A bit like a Steve <clears> Jobs. <throat> Bit of a Steve Jobs. Why, oh, that's a bit. That's a bit. Uh, why, what, tell me more. Oh well, Steve Jobs, like famously, like he didn't invent the mouse, but he got credited with it. He just stole oh, it from right. some guy at Xerox Park. Like he actually stole the idea. People at Xerox were using a mouse just for internally for designing stuff. Yeah, and he stole the idea. He stole the idea of the mouse, made it into a, one for a home computer, and like he got credited with inventing the, the mouse for a home computer. But it's like he just stole the idea from Xerox. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Yeah, well, he's dead now, so don't worry about him anymore. <laughs> Apple, Apple, come after us. <laughs> Cancer is the healer, apparently. <laughs> but one last thing on the uh, the Edison thing. Louis, Louis Le Prince's son was, like, fighting the cause for a couple of years. A couple of years after saying, like, my dad invented the movie camera. Yeah. And, uh, he's had the idea stolen from him and all this. And his son uh, conveniently got shot dead in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> in a forest? Yeah, they found his body in a forest, shot dead. And the, the official oh. ruling was suicide, I think. But I mean, how dodgy wow. is that? That is dodgy as fuck. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Edison, don't trust him. No, he's a piece of shit. And don't yeah. ever use light bulbs anymore because he's, he's tainted them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I believe you guys have got... <laughs> Turn them off. <laughs> exactly. I believe uh, you guys have got a bit of news about Cineworld and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Nick, Nick you, you you should start. But I've, I've found an article about it that you might be interested in. But go on. I should start on the Cineworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had you had a thing a thing to say about the Cineworld thing. You didn't you closing down all of the things. Yeah. Um, I mean, like worldwide, essentially. The uh, I can't remember what the actual parent company is called, but. Um, Oh yeah, I can't think. I think in America they just got a different name for the cinemas. I mean, like, it's not like picture movies, darling. It's like it's like it's like like Regal, Regal Pictures or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, oh, is it the same owned by the same company? Is it? Yeah. So, yeah. so like, they basically shut down all the um, cinemas in America and the UK, um, which is obviously a hell of a lot of cinemas and a hell of a lot of jobs. Um, um, but uh, can you can you blame them that much? Because we've had Tenant in the last ten months, and that was it. Um, Tenant and Bill yeah. and Ted. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've not seen Tenant yet. I've not had the opportunity to go to the cinema in this time, and I don't know when it's going to close. But um, it's Friday. I don't think there's any famous. Friday is it? the ninth. So like tomorrow, oh, a couple of days time. Yeah. Shame, what a shame! Um, but I don't know. Is it a shame? Because I, I, I've seen a few articles lately. Uh, 
we, we're not going to cite where we found these articles, are we? We're just going to say something. You can do if you want. All right, so Warrington Guardian, anyway. City World Warrington Worker describes streaming as disgusting. Um, and actually, it does look like they've done some pretty bad shit. They've, um, they didn't tell them that they were, that they were planning on closing. Um, they've... Um, what was another thing they said? They said they didn't underpay them on furlough and stuff like that. So even when they weren't in work, they didn't actually pay them properly. They calculated them incorrectly quite a lot of the time. And there was a different, a separate article that was saying that the um, the, the workers there were actually encouraged, or I don't know whether encouraged the right word, but told to buy the stock, buy the sweets and stuff to try and help the industry and shit. Really? So uh, I don't know what's going on in Cineworld. I'm not sure whether that's just a, an isolated Cineworld incident. I mean, they seem like a fairly okay, uh, you know, cinema company. Well, the, the uh, house is like buy, this was the Daily Mail actually. This that Cineworld staff were actually uh, asked to buy leftover pick and mix stock before they were told they'd be losing their jobs as the cinema chain announced to be closing 127 of the UK sites. I thought that was pretty pretty unusual that they would do that. That was in Glasgow. So it seems like it's it's, it's quite widespread that Cineworld seem like they're clutching at straws, aren't they? I mean, yeah, the yeah. cinema industry is fucked. And Tenor, that apparently, I think it was like 300 million or something was a budget. And they've, or, they, or it was 200 million budget and they made 300 million or something like that. They've made like a third of what they put into it. So they've made yeah. a profit, but that ain't, that ain't great, is it, for a... From blockbuster, you know, Nolan. Uh, film. Yeah. Well, to be fair with that, like uh, cinemas in the US, in like New York and LA, they still haven't even opened yet. It's not even, not even started showing yet in those areas. So, like, yeah. Once it's shown everywhere, I think Boris it will make. Johnson just basically said, yeah, everybody get back out again. Yeah, come on, let's all sort of like herd immunity. And then now it's like, actually, now we're going to lockdown again. So, <laughs> going back the other way. Pull his finger out and make, make We need to make our the mind up. The thing is, though, this is not to do with like the laws in this country or any countries. It's the film industry that they're too scared to release a movie when they're not going to make a decent enough profit. But understandable. Oh. I mean, I understand no, why they're saying that. It's yeah, makes business sense, doesn't it? It's but. definitely understandable. But in the process, they're killing the very industry, which they're yeah, yeah. They're a part yeah. Of. Like, well, the, this podcast very... isn't called "Film Is Dead for Nothing," is it? No, and I think Tennis is a perfect <laughs> example of what like, is happening. They're genuinely like killing the, the business because they're basically um, like. Um, making cinemas close down because they just can't yeah. run they, they are actually yeah christopher nolan you need to pull your finger out he's the one who wants to be shooting on film and doing all this mad shit it, film should making the film should really be maybe the end of the day when it all actually dies and cinema and film is actually dead maybe people will start making films and making making like your start, cinematographical pieces yeah, start, start for the love making, of it rather than the money of it. Yeah, start making them less for profit and more for the, the love of film. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think this obviously will have a massive impact on the industry, like COVID and stuff. But that is one area where I think we'll get back to making a lot more uh, like mid-budget films. Like In the last five years, your film's either like a 200 million blockbuster or it's a $5 million indie film, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one or the other. There's no, like, mid-range, just, like, films anymore. And I think this COVID will get the industry back to making films like that. 
and not relying on two hundred million dollar blockbusters all the time. Kind of thing. I do not think you'll just right. follow and kill kill the industry with like. I don't think so. I think there's too many. You know Killing the industry is one thing, but you can never you can never kill the creative thoughts of someone who wishes to make a film. So, irrespective of whether Hollywood just all perishes and burns to the ground, people will I mean, still be making amazing films. I, I suppose it's not a terrible thing, but um, like if it carries on the way it is, like companies like the likes of Warner Brothers and Disney and stuff are just not going to want to make movies because it's not profitable anymore, is it? So this is what I mean. Like, well, I was, I was talking to Disney. Disney. Sorry, go on, John. Oh, sorry, mate. I was talking to her, Matt G, about this the other day. No, I think it'll, it won't kill the industry. I think it'll streamline it. Like, it'll just make everything be a lot, lot more realistic and a bit more cheaper. Yeah. But even, even in the cinema aspect, if Cineworld were to go bust, which they haven't, it's been like misreported, they aren't going bust. They're just postponing everything until next yeah. year. They're closing like, for a few weeks or a few months or something, aren't they? Yeah, to like March or something. No. Uh, but, I think, like, COVID could signal the end of, like, multiplexes. Like, you don't need a multiplex anymore with 20 screens. There's no, no one goes. Like, these shows have, like, the one or two At Westbrook, I mean, it's a beautiful cinema, and you have got some of the high-tech chairs and shit. I'm not going to deny that, but it's not, it's not the same, is it? No. And I, I think multiplexes will be a thing in the past. I think in future, it might revert back to just small theatres, three-screen theatres. Like, yeah. Because everything will get streamlined, like films won't cost as much. They There'll won't make as much. Thing is, though, with Tenet and stuff like that, I think um, Tenet might be the last one that he makes in that same capacity again, unless he just, yeah. just like uh, Martin Scorsese makes a, a Netflix exclusive without using film, which I, I can't imagine Christopher Nolan shooting a film that wasn't on film because he's a snobby bastard. It's funny you both, both mentioned that because. Netflix could be now the big hitters in the future because they can afford to make $200 million films like The Irishman. Netflix is the new Hollywood. Yeah, they're raking it in from the pandemic. They're like, everyone's watching Netflix. They're not going out. They're, they could be the new Hollywood. Like, they'll be making the massive blockbusters. Film is dead, yeah, fair enough. But I think cinema is fully dead. Film maybe isn't dead. But the analogue film, yeah, that's fucking dead as well. So you can make a short, you can make videos. Video isn't dead. We'll be shooting movies on the iPhone next year, probably. <laughs> like, well, there's been already a few that's, that's been on, on iPhone, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Steven Soderbergh has done a couple. Yeah. yeah. There are all right films. It wasn't just like an iPhone camera, like a phone or whatever. It was, it was like on a fucking uh, gimbal with like well, extra lenses included. I, I, I never really got that. I mean, okay, you've shot it on iPhone, but you put like a piece of lens or glass in front of it since I never really got that. Yeah, it's a bit misleading how they, they marketed that. They were saying like, oh, we shot yeah. on an iPhone. And I think people thought that last Steven Soderbergh was stood there with his iPhone filming it kind of thing. Yeah, and I bet yeah, Apple was it, fucking, Apple was yeah. in the pants, weren't they? Steve they Jobs was jizzing in his grave, probably, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but like, like you said, though, they kind of, they used the iPhone just as the engine, basically, and just, just chucked that into a standard setup with like, you know, a full, Full of array lenses and stuff, and a yeah, so it's just basically just replace the actual camera. I think that's a waste of time. If you're going to do it with an iPhone, do it with an iPhone, don't be adding all that stuff. If you've got all this expensive equipment, use a proper camera and proper lenses, don't be an arsehole. Yeah, let's not be arseholes. Bit of a bit of an experiment, once I think. Yeah, 
Yeah, so no one cared. And nobody, nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys got anything more you want to go into? Or? Um, I think there is oh, Eddie Van Halen. He died, didn't he? He did die. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Was it, was it like the famous opera singer, Eddie Van Halen? Was it, was it, was it, was it like <laughs> cancer? So it's like stomach cancer or something? Yeah. Apparently so. 65, I think he was. Something, it was in his 60s anyway. What a shame. I think 2020 is taking over 2016. Do you know like 2016 when it was like... That was bad. Is that when Bowie died? That was when everyone died. I think... Oh, yeah, Charlie Fisher. That was when my own soul died as well. I'm pretty sure <laughs> more people have died this year. More celebrities. I'm seeing some... Like, it's like, it's like a daily thing now. I'm seeing like a new person die. I'm like, when people say that was the day I became a man, I think that was the day I became a child again <laughs> because I felt so helpless. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> that so I think we've covered everything really. I mean, we've covered Cine World, we've covered, you know, uh, that yeah, guy. Oh, one last thing just while we're talking about, you know, earlier on about Henry Cavill. Oh, yeah. uh, apparently Netflix is being sued because of that bloody what's it called that fucking The Witcher uh, yeah no not The Witcher the, the, the one with the, with the bald woman on you know, the bald child who bleeds out of her nose she is now uh, oh, a female Sherlock Holmes oh Stranger Things yeah Stranger Things woman yeah well Think now she's Holmes Sherlock Holmes now man. yeah but she's Sherlock Holmes now and people are kicking off because I don't know why why, why are they kicking off? Sorry. I'm just, I, I, I mean, I'm not she's quite not sure what Sherlock people's... Holmes. I think Henry Cavill's actually Sherlock Holmes. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. She's, she's just a, his little sister. <laughs> yeah, she's in, in Ola Holmes, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And I think she yeah. is a part, of the, a part of the actual Arthur Conan Doyle books. You know, I think... I think there's some copyright infringement story going on and people are kicking off. Boring, oh, right. boring story, probably a boring film. I'm not going to watch it. I saw that. <laughs> not I saw interested. That RDJ wanted to, um, there's a story I saw today, RDJ wanted to turn Sherlock Holmes into the next big connected universe. Oh, right. So, I mean, I don't know if Enola Holmes would kind of fit into that or anything, but, um, well, I don't see how it could because you'd have him as um, Sherlock Holmes, RDJ, and Henry Cavill. So I imagine he's already done like I think the first Sherlock Holmes one with Robert Downey Jr. was pretty good. I quite liked it. It was Guy Ritchie, I think, wasn't it? It was, um, yes. Yeah. Then the second one was that was that Guy Ritchie again? Yeah, we did part two as well. I've never was, watched part I think, two. I think I remember it being all right. To be honest with you, I'm not. You know me, John. I'm not into films like that, but I do like Guy Ritchie, and I think it, it kind of was all right. And he's oh, the one out. Is there only two out? Just two so far, yeah. Right, okay. But it was well, a while ago then, wasn't it? It's been a while. Yeah, 10 years, 2010, they did them. It's a while ago. Yep. Just talking of Guy Ritchie. Like, oh, like, here we go. Here we go, Nick. <laughs> brought him up. Do you, know the, do you know the class film that he released this year or last year? The Gentleman. Uh, the Gentleman, yeah. yeah. Have, have you seen that he's intending on turning that into a TV series. I don't know. Well, everything's going that way these days, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think like, um, 
the news broke like last week or something that he I don't know if he's intending on bringing back um, the likes of the people that were in it <laughs> Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Grant and, and who was the other guy? Matthew Hugh Grant Matthew McConaughey uh, what's that Geordie fella? Charlie Hunnam that's yeah. the Charlie Hunnam they were all that I don't know if you were already good in it. You were back for the TV series, but he's intending on turning it into a TV series. Oh, right. That might be the way of film, though, in it, because movie, big, big budget movies are going out the window, so it might be the way he's doing to just make a TV show, stick it on Netflix. That's where you can get your fucking money in it. Yeah, go to Netflix. Mm. They'll give you 500 million to do whatever you want. You can, uh, exactly. Yeah. Drum that I South Park heard. episode where, like, Anyone could get a Netflix TV show made. <laughs> you just went to Netflix and they threw cash at you to make a TV show. I know, yeah. Hey, uh, Nick, I heard there's um, something that you might be interested in. The Lord, I did a juicy bit of gossip on the internet the other day, and it was about the Lord of the Rings TV program. Okay. And somebody's been doing a bit of sleuthing and apparently there's a, there's a position available, you know, a job position available for something to do with like an actor that's capable of, or actress that's capable of doing nude and intimate parts. And then there was another one, another position available as a counsellor, as someone who, an actress <laughs> or actor that's been on screen and had to show their ghoulies or boobs or whatever. And um, so people are saying that, like, um, oh, oh, people are saying that, like, yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty perverted. But apparently, <laughs> the, the, the people who are doing the Lord of the Rings TV series, it's it Amazon who is actually doing the Lord of the Rings Amazon, one. Yeah, yeah apparently yeah, yeah. they're trying to it, they're, they're trying to target the um, Game of Thrones audience, and yeah. people on the, online were just people online were like, "What the fuck? Why are you doing that? Why don't you just target the Lord of the Rings trilogy audience? That would make so much more sense, wouldn't it?" I don't know, like, like were, were, were um, the Game of Thrones episode drawing in a lot more people than, like, a lot? I mean, I know Lord of the Rings was very popular. It probably made its money back thrice over, but, um, but like, yeah. Game of Thrones made drawing, like, a hell of a lot of people in the first couple of scenes of the Rings. So. I think John's. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think with stuff like that, it feels a bit like, I bet these Amazon studio heads just haven't got a clue kind of thing. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, how like, if you're into a Star song Wars, is written by like four people nowadays instead of like one person. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, micromanaged. But you know, like if you're like, if you said to one of these studio, studio heads, oh, I'm a bit of a Star Wars fan. They'd probably be like, oh, that means you'll like Star Trek as well. And it's like, no, no, they're nothing alike. You know what I mean? Like, but to them, it's like, oh, it's all just space stuff. Isn't it? You, you, if you like that, you'll like the other one or what have you. But, um, yeah. So I bet like with this, the Amazon studio heads are like, oh, these fucking nerds, they, they like Lord of the Rings, they'll probably like Game of Thrones. So let's target those nerds as well yeah. and get them all to watch it. It's like, there's no correlation. Other than the both fantasy things, it doesn't. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you can like yeah, cross over kind of thing. It's, it's, it's all like an algorithm from now, isn't it? It's just like yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like it's, instead of looking at like just like the people that are going to watch it, they have an algorithm which says like like these people because they like this are uh, like seventy five percent have a seventy five percent likeliness to like this as well. So let's let's target them. Just 
So it's it's what it's what the whole world's about now, isn't it? It's about algorithms and yeah. And if you don't if you don't fit into that, then they're not bothered. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I'm all done for news, guys. Have you guys got anything else? Yeah. Uh, other than apparently, there's going to be a Fallout a Fallout TV series as well. Oh, I did oh, see right. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't remember much about it, but. Microsoft bought um, for uh, Bethesda, Bethesda recently, haven't they? They yeah. bought them. They, Microsoft bought Bethesda Studios and Games Works, whatever it's called, for about seven or eight billion dollars. And Disney bought Marvel and Star Wars for about the same amount of money a few years ago. Well, yeah. years ago now. But how much is Microsoft investing in Bethesda, thinking it's going to be going to be doing all right? Especially after Fallout 76 and stuff like that. I mean, and I know that people on this podcast aren't really bothered about computer games, but this is a TV series that might be coming out that... uh, They're probably trying to reclaim some of that money now. They're thinking, what could we do to get the money back? (laughs) Or to make make a fucking shit TV show as well to do that. (laughs) Chuck that out there. (laughs) I reckon that's the only kind of buying as to try and get themselves a few, like, um, exclusives. Exclusives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I have no desire to buy the Xbox because of that purchase at all. Like, no. I, I'm, I'm a fan of a few Bethesda games, but I would never mm. buy an Xbox just to play another game at all. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a massive gamer. Sorry, go on, John. So, like, I'm, I'm getting the Xbox anyway, but if... If I'd have found out that Doom was only available on the Xbox, that would that would be enough for me really? to get one. You know, what I mean, if, if Doom and Wolfenstein, Doom is that's what I mean. Uh, Bethesda, yeah. So, yeah. If, like, if I didn't have one and I found out that the only way I could play Doom three, like in three years' time, was to get an Starfield, Xbox. the new exciting Starfield, RPG, yeah. and yeah. any any future Skyrim two, you know, like Elder Scrolls six or whatever. That's the thing, you guys know that I'm not really into Skyrim and stuff and Fallout, no. but like Doom and Wolfenstein, if I found out yeah, that exactly. the only way I could play them was to get I one. I don't think they're going to be exclusive. I don't think they're going to. Well, I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. But I think, uh, apparently, me, just one another gaming news, just quickly, uh, on the next generation consoles, apparently uh, Metal Gear Solid is going to get a remake, uh, like a remaster, you know, like Twin Snakes on the GameCube, but I know yeah. the one on, on, on the current gen. The first one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? That's it's the first one they're doing, yeah. Yeah. But Hideo Kojima himself said, like, the Twin Snakes one wasn't good enough. He, he, the way the original PlayStation One game was made was the way he made it, and that's it's like it's like trying to recolorize, you know, like a nineteen twenties, you know, black and white film or something like that. You wouldn't do it, would you? <laughs> uh, also, la- the last piece of it's not even news. This um, China, China. China. Um, Mulan, the movie, yeah, that everybody knows and loves. Who apparently the the, the main actress has had, actually had anti Hong Kong um, sentiments to her, yeah, some of her tweets lately. Oh, really? Like a bit, of a bit of a twunt. I don't know whether that's a correct word to describe someone <laughs> who is an asshole. But um, yeah, Mulan. If you've got a Disney Plus account and you're paying, however, I don't even know how much it is. I'm borrowing it off my Mrs.'s. Boy, brother, and he's he's given us that account. I I I do not endorse the Disney Plus thing, (laughs) but uh, and even if you do have Disney Plus, you still got to pay nineteen pound ninety nine p to watch fucking Mulan. Not in the cinema. Fuck off. I know. Fuck off Disney. 
Have you seen all the plot that movie's getting though? Oh, I've not actually, I've not heard anything about the actual film. All I know is about the way it was released has been really shitty and also about the anti-Hong Kong thing. So um, it just doesn't only, sound uh, like... Not, not only like I, she got flack for that anti-Hong Kong stuff, but apparently a lot of the, move, the scenes in the movie have been filmed in this province in China where there is... It's not Wuhan. It's not Wuhan. You must be joking. <laughs> no, but it's where... Um, <laughs> It's where they've got concentration camps, essentially, pretty much concentration camps where they're just like torturing people. And like, so basically, yeah, the, the, the thing. This is, day and age, right now. It's what? Yeah, so it said it was like religion or something, like religion. Yeah, yeah. Like, religious cor- correcting their religion or something like that. Is it their Guantanamo Bay sort of thing? Like no, a Chinese version of Guantanamo? It's awful, some of this stuff. That's I think it's worse, yeah. Yeah, there's wow, so worse. Bad stuff going in on China right now, but. They're saying that like the movie might have been like slightly financed by these kind of people, so like yeah, yeah, it's getting a lot. Fuck. Well, I hope what the when China eventually do take over the world, they don't look at this video and think that I'm somehow against them. <laughs> um, hail, hail China! I think we should. We should yep. uh, nothing wrong with China, is there really? Great, great, great Chinese great. overlords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my alien masters. <laughs> right, I think uh, we all done for news then, guys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's yeah, about everything. Okay, guys, we'll get into the main film then, which is uh, Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh, which is a Netflix film. I'm not sure if it's filmed especially for Netflix or whether. It's one of them where we, you know, he's, he's filmed it with a production company and Netflix have bought it. I'm not sure, not sure which way around it is this one. But uh, yeah. Nick, have you got a plot synopsis? I should have cut. That. Oh well. Oh, so Nick sorry. will be two minutes just getting the. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So what have you, what have you been up to, John? Like any, <laughs> anything that doesn't involve Nick? <laughs> I, we said before that I'd get this, and I didn't even get it. I'm so sorry. Um, no, it's coming. Mean, I don't even know. I don't even know what the plot for this would be, to be honest with you. Because after having watched it, quality. but yeah, actually, that's a very good point. Yeah. So I'm still not sure what the plot is. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Full of misgivings, a young woman travels with her boy, her new boyfriend, to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him um, and herself. Okay, that was the plot, and here's a clip. Mm. Mm. I mean, they're pretty, but I don't see how it's supposed to make me feel something if there's not a person in them feeling something, if there's not a person in them feeling sad or joyous or whatever other emotion you said. Well, maybe think of yourself as the person looking out at the scene. Well, I'd have to see me in them. Well, if you were there, you wouldn't see yourself, right? Well, I would if I looked down. I'm not a ghost. Okay, that was... I'm thinking of ending things. So, do you guys mind if I kick, the, kick this one off? Absolutely, go for it. Please. I'll just, I'll, I'll just start at the start. It's got the tiniest opening credits I've ever seen in my life. Do you, do you guys remember this? <laughs> yeah, it's so the opening, I've got to admit, I watched it about three weeks ago now, so it's a bit like <laughs> fading in my head. So a lot of these notes are kind of like... Reminding me of stuff, but the, the, the opening I mean, like credits. This film is probably better to remember, be remembered rather than to be watched, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think I think you mentioned before, Jimbo, it felt a bit like a dream or something. And yeah. it's like trying to remember a fever dream from like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> a COVID-19 like, dream. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the opening titles, that the, they are minuscule on the screen. Mm. And like, you guys have seen my telly, it's a pretty big telly, and it's like, yeah. it's still just tiny in the middle of the screen, like yeah. I'm thinking of ending things. Thing but it goes... Four-three ratio as well, isn't it? Exactly, like it goes yeah, from there. Actually, yeah, I was thinking that the whole film is like four by three. Yeah, we uh, mentioned it last week. Like the new Justice League film, the trailer they showed for that was in four by three. So I'm not sure whether the actual film will be like that, but it just feels like a bit is of a gimmick some, at the moment. Is there some other reason other than gimmick that they say? Is it easier to put the trailer on a mobile phone? Do you know, because people hold their phones in you know portrait yeah. orientation. <laughs> Is there yeah. some reason why they're doing four by? You can't have a whole film in four by three. What should? Why do people buy like a like a sixty inch screen if they can only watch like twenty five, thirty inches of it or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jimbo, is the lighthouse in four by three? That's a good question. It seems like a film that would be. I, I've not seen. It. I've got one row yet. I don't remember. Yeah, the it's whole film's black and white, and it looked like it should be shot on that. It looks like it's almost shot on film stock from of era, in a way. Yeah. It just seems a bit of like a trendy kind of gimmicky thing to do. Like, Wes Anderson does this with all of his films. I think the Grand Budapest Hotel was shot four by three. Or, or at least changing aspect. The aspect ratio was changed during the film to like match yeah, the time. I period. think if you're shooting it on film, I don't see a problem with it. If that's what the shape of the film is that you're using, then whatever. But if you if you if you shoot on a digital medium, I think it's a bit pretentious. Which I'm going to use the word pretentious quite a lot throughout this whole <laughs> thing. Yeah, well, it's Charlie Kaufman. Like he's known for being just mental. Like I'll, I'll get onto one of my points here that you, I think you guys have both seen. We did it for the uh, main pod, the DC pod, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, I love which that. is uh, I actually re- I, I really like that film. Yeah, like Joe's favourite films were covered on the DC pod. But that was written by Charlie Kaufman and directed by, oh, I can't think of the Frenchman's name now, who directed it. Really? Famous director. He's written a few. Was he one that written um, Being John Malkovich as well? He did. Yeah, he did yeah. Being John Malkovich, which was directed by... They're both mindful films, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, I love Being John Malkovich and I love uh, Eternal Sunshine, but me they too. weren't directed by him, they were only written by no. him. Yeah. He now writes and directs his own stuff. Yeah. And I feel like he needs someone there to like filter his work almost. Because like Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like him Edited doing it all himself. It just goes like I'm not gonna lie, the last hour of this film, I felt so stupid watching it because I did not I had no idea what he was getting at with it. <laughs> like No. No, I, I I don't think you feel, should feel stupid. You just think that the, it, it's just pretentious. <clears throat> um, Lucas Zal is the name of the of the of the, uh, the videographer or the cinematographer for this film. Oh, and he, okay. the only other film I know that he's done was Loving Vincent, which is a Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, right. And I think he might have done another one that he might. That, 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 yeah, he might have done another like old timey. Um, film as well, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. What I'm definitely this? not loving the look of it. I don't like the look, look of the film. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. It feels like like a film of two halves to me. 
the first half, I was really enjoying it. Like, uh, yeah. everything in the house with the parents, I thought was really interesting and just, it, it didn't make much sense, but I, I found it so interesting that I was willing to go with it and try and understand it. But the second half, when they leave the ice cream shop, I just don't know what's happened from that point on. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. So we've got two characters, and both of them are played by an actor called Jesse, but with different spellings, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So we've Jesse got Jesse Buckley, who is the who's the girl, isn't she? Yeah. And we got Jesse Plemons. Meth Damon. Meth Damon. We, we spoke about him last week, I think, didn't we? Uh, he was in Game yeah. Night. He was in Game Night. Yeah, he was the creep. He was a creep in Game Night, wasn't he? Yeah, the creepy cop. Yeah. Yeah, that's I true. You, I like I like the actor. I don't know about you, John, but I got a very lynching feel from this film. Yeah, literally, mate. That's what I was going to going to point out. Like, I'll just jump to a bit later in the film straight away. There's a big jump scare in this film that got me quite quite a bit. There's a scene where yeah. the two Jesses are kissing in a car. And just out of nowhere, you get a shot of an old man just watching them through like a like Norman Bates or something through a hole in, in the yeah, window or something. Yeah. And it's just like again, it felt and like she didn't like, notice, isn't she? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know how he noticed though. Like it's just again, it's so weird. But I think there's something that, going on there. Just that flash, and there was like a weird. There was a weird audio choice with that as well. And it just definitely felt like Lynch. It was like that could be out of a David Lynch film. No, exactly. yeah. I, I, I felt the whole thing kind of very um, lynching feel to it. Like it, just, like it, it was almost just like um, this whole thing was a spew straight from his brain. He was just like, "Oh, this, this, this might be interesting. Let's put this into it." Which you know, like the kind of feel you would get from a lynching kind of piece. Um, yeah, we mentioned like feeling like a dream. Like Lynch famously says that a lot of his ideas come from dreams and stuff. Like he, he himself doesn't understand it either, and he just puts it in there anyway. <laughs> And that's exactly I think definitely the, this film felt like a dream. Even there was some word, like some sentences that were said or some lines that were said that you wouldn't say. Um, when the I don't even know. I'm just going to call the the girl and the boy. I'm going to call I'm going to call Jesse uh, Buckley's character. Uh, sorry, Jesse Plemons's character, the boy. I'm going to call Jesse Buckley's character the girl. Just, just because yeah. I don't know the names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Damon. Yeah. Well, sorry, Jim. Um, oh, 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 sorry, mate. On that point as well, Jesse Buckley's character. She has like three or four different names in the film. I don't know if you noticed that. Right, right. She gets called different things, and she has different jobs yeah. as well. He's Jack, isn't he? He he's known as Jack, isn't he? Oh, I, 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 I forgot his name, but she like he one minute he's called his paintings as Jack. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, one one minute is called Lu- she's called Lucy, then it's Louisa. And then, like, Lucia at one point as well. Just very weird, like... And she, one minute she's a waitress. The next minute she's an artist. Then she's a, called, a scientist. Didn't you get called Amy or Ames at one point? Yes, yeah, somebody mentioned Amy at one point. At Ames, I was like, I think, is that her as well? <laughs> I think Matt Damon called her Ames and, and, and she did this, like, voiceover saying Ames. That doesn't feel like the name. But yeah. it's weird. I, I feel and like... Again, Oh, sorry, mate, on that thread as well. There's one bit where they're looking at a picture on the wall of a young kid. And like, oh, she's like, who's that? And Meth Damon is like, surely you know, it's me. And she's like, no, it's not, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just so strange. Like, 
<laughs> it is very dream, dreamlike, isn't it? I feel like yeah. this film was like an allegory. I must have allegory. That word um, for something, but um, I just don't know what it was. What? You know what I mean? But like, what's that word I'm looking for? Is like. Allegory, yeah. Allegory. Oh, an allegory. I feel feel like this whole film was like an allegory for something, but I just can't put my finger on what it is for. Like, the one thing I will say, pretentious, is is a word I'm going to use quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. It's one of them films, if you don't go with it, then it's like, you just check out straight away, don't you, kind of thing. If you you check out, you've checked fully out, and you feel like a fucking square... At a hippie <laughs> festival. <laughs> I've seen like theories online about like how she, the character of her, is just like an invention by him, like a like an idealized version of what a, what kind of girlfriend he'd want or something. Because you know yeah. the whole thing of like her paintings go missing off the phone, and he's like one signing paintings and stuff like that, yeah. as if like. He's using her to like create art or something, you know, something like I that. Did, maybe I, don't I know. did say that, oh, John. Like, the, 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 I actually put camera phone had no uh, her phone on the camera, had, it was empty, it had no pictures on her phone. But also, people have been trying to ring her and stuff, and like it's only been coming through later. And she's only got like a massive string of people trying to ring her. And stuff. I'm not quite sure what the phone situation is going on there, like, but maybe she's yeah, a different service provider or something. <laughs> I didn't totally get the phone. It's creepy though. I thought it was quite creepy the phone call she got. Yeah. Very weird. What was the Again, po- very- what was, right, okay. The elephant in the room, or should I say the pig in the room? What the fuck's this fat guy doing with no clothes on? He, he's the same guy who she bumped into, who is the janitor in the school. She's hunched over. The 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 same sentences to each this the same sentences to each other. It's not a script, really. They're just saying words to each other. And it seems like there's no meaning. Do you know what? You wake, wake up from a dream and none of that really makes sense. Um, yeah. And then some sort of cartoon pig comes along. And I love the animation <laughs> style. I thought it was really cool. But that was one of the only redeeming features for the film that like, I can think of. See, for me, like, I don't mean to rag on this film because I, I did quite enjoy it. But with a Lynch film, he'll have a lot of weird stuff like that. But I find it so interesting that I'm willing to try and do the work to try and like understand what's going on. Makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I'll literally I'll I'll focus and I'll do the work to like write what the fuck is going on there. Like yeah. you come up with theories and stuff like that. Yeah. The last well, hour the of film, Yeah, the last hour I just kind of checked out a bit and I was like, I'm not that interested to even like work out what's going on. <laughs> like, yeah. You know when like I mean, doing, what the fuck is it a bit? I feel like we should just skip to the well, skip all of this bullshit and talk about what, what's going on at the end of the opera opera scene. Well, when, really, when, yeah. I know what we're, we're skipping through a little bit. Yeah. Like you say, the for me, the op, the whole musical bit, the bit where Jesse Plemons is on stage giving a speech. The bit where the, the, the guy's nude walking with a pig. I, I just don't get any of it. <laughs> I don't no get what it's going for. Sorry, just to, just to go back again. Like David Willis is in this is in this so he features quite heavily, doesn't he? As the as the his dad, really. Is Jack's dad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I love David Willis. Apparently, um, my girlfriend's dad has been out on the night out with him before. He's like a, a, a bit of a lunatic, bit of a loose cannon. From I think I remember you mentioning that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
can't go into too much of what actually happened in the story, obviously, because. But apparently, he's a fucking bit of a lunatic in a cool way. No, which is pretty cool. <laughs> bit of a cool guy. But, but bit of an overactor. That's what that's what this editing of this film would lead me to believe. Anyway, I don't think it's his fault. Davis Lewis, great actor. I feel as though the editing of this film is freak. It, it, it makes him look as though he's. It's I don't know. It's child's play, and I'm not sure whether or not they've for some sick joke they've sort of picked some of his worst, um, you know. Like, I, sort of like, I, I think I he's know. really good. I think he's great in the film. He's just he's, he's intentionally meant to be a bit wacky, isn't he? You know what I mean? Oh God! But what about this one, John? I've even wrote it down. This one it says, huh. "It was all about it having like some sort of uh, degenerative, uh, you know, yeah, Alzheimer's, yeah. Alzheimer's or whatever." And he's like, uh, huh. and then I, I, I can't wait for the time when I can't remember that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. It was like fucking hell. It's like literally watching a deranged relative at Christmas that you don't want to be around. But no, but you're right. Yeah. No, that that is what they're going for. I think. Can I yeah. just jump to a bit here? Like, again, I don't. I don't want to sound like pretentious here or anything. But you I can't sound as like... pretentious as the, 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 <laughs> the film. Like I, th- I can relate to some of the stuff in this film in that. You guys both know, like, my parents live in Scotland now, like, miles away. Mm. My mum and my my stepdad. And I I barely get up there to see them now. Like, I've not seen them both since Christmas because of lockdown and stuff. Of course, it's a different time, isn't it, now? Yeah. And, like, talking about some personal stuff here, but, like, every time I go up, like, I'm just aware of the fact that, you know, my mum and my stepdad are just getting older. Like, I I, I won't see them now probably until Christmas. Maybe not even then, with lockdown the way it's going. Yeah, and yeah. I'll notice when I get there that like my mum will, 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 will have aged since the last time I saw her. Do you know what I mean yeah. by that? And yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean. I could relate a lot to this, where like he's going to go to see his parents, and like yeah. one minute he comes downstairs, and David Thewlis looks like in his mid fifties, and then in the next scene he looks like seventy five or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. One of the things I, I was about to. About like just what you were talking about there, John. Like when when um, the lady from Sixth Sense, when she looks a yeah. bit younger, it, it's almost it reminds me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where um, Kate Winslet, under, where they're underneath the, the, the you know where he's a kid again and they're hiding underneath the um, the table and there's like yeah. it's a very sixties <laughs> style and it's like the auntie's coming out she's having a fag, she's smoking a fag she's like she leans down like what are you doing on the table and it's like it's very similar to that. I think Charlie Coffin's had a very interesting relationship with his mother. That's from, from some of these. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, because uh, they go into depth in it about like the whole thing of mothers being blamed for kids turning out bad and stuff like that. Do you remember that bit at all? Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking sp- about um, like um, um, kind of Gay in the olden times, weren't they? They were saying how, like, yeah, yeah, um, how, like, he was blamed on the mother for kind of um, mollycoddling them, kind of thing, wasn't it? That, yeah, that, that was kind of the reason for people turning out gay in the end. Yeah, like I say, definitely, he's, he's got yeah. issues, I think, relating to us. <laughs> Relating to his relationship with his mum, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe he should just like shag his mum and then it'll everything be fine <laughs> after that. Well, I mean, so. so, some of the things they bring up though in these kind of like, like, like in that car ride, I think on the way back, yeah. on the way back more than anything, like 
and they're like they, they bring up like um, that song. I think he starts um, quoting that Christmas song, and she's like, she's like, um, oh, just yeah, bring up her um, a song about rings. And, and it's weird because like they, they have these complete polar opposites from one scene to the next, where they're like, can, like that she pissed at him for that, and then they're just laughing at each other, and then. Yeah, they'll go back to being pissed off at each other. It's just, I, I, I don't understand what it's about, but it's just interesting to watch. I thought definitely interesting. There was, that scene, there was a scene earlier on in the film as well where uh, the girl, when we call her the girl, um, is, is berated by the boy, um, because they're talking about a song, an old song that had different meanings back then and stuff like that. And then yep. later on in the film, um, the boy, I don't even know, what, what the book's, what's the main character? Jack. Um, Jack says, like, this is this song or whatever. And then she has sort of the opposite re- reaction to that is like, actually, no, that's actually really uh, sexist that you're saying this song. I, I, I kind of got it, but I understood, I, I could get where they were coming from, but I felt like it was like, yeah, a bit pushed. Do you know what I'm on about the uh, Christmas song where he, he says it? You're going to slip something in your drink or something like that, he says. He's like, oh, well, it was the 1930s, way before roofies. He he, he talked about this Christmas song. I think he quotes the Christmas song, and and she's going, oh, yeah, just quote a a song about rape. And and, and he's um, saying, it's not about rape. And she's like, she's literally saying, I want to get out, and he won't let her out. It's like, yeah, but it's not, I think he might say it's like a different time or something. Like, she literally says that he put something in his drink. Yeah, but yeah. he also says that like the roofies weren't invented until like twenty five years later, so it was it would only have been a bit of boozing of the drink and stuff. And she was like, "Yeah, yeah even then, like it's still bad, like, which it is." Yeah, but that was she that says was, uh, they call it slipping slipping a Mickey, didn't they, and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just uh, as well, like there's one bit in that car ride on the way back where the. Out of nowhere, they mentioned the film, uh, the John Cassavetes film, A Woman Under the Influence. Yeah, yeah. And out of nowhere, she just starts quoting verbatim a review by Pauline Kale about that film. <laughs> like, that's strange. Yeah, I, like, I, I knew this when I was watching it. I was like, that's Pauline Kale. Like, but there was a bit earlier in the film where she's in his bedroom and she's got a book of Pauline Kale reviews, like film reviews. And, like, she's a famous, like, film critic, Pauline Cale. But, yeah, later on, when they mention that film, and she just goes off, like, five minutes just, just talking about the film, A Woman Under the Influence. And yeah. she's literally quoting verbatim the entire review that Pauline Cale wrote about the film. Which <laughs> That's I, strange. I don't know why. When I watched it, I thought, like, that's, that's Pauline Cale. That. I checked it afterwards, and it's, it's literally her review, word no for word. Way. Like I'm getting really. This isn't my, this isn't my own thought. I read this online. Like, but I was thinking similar things watching it. Again, very pretentious. But I think he's getting at the fact that when you have these conversations with people, a lot of the times you pass off stuff as if it's your own thought, but really it's not. You've read it somewhere, or you've seen it online, or you've heard it on another podcast. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean by that? I've done it myself loads by yeah, mistake. Hundred percent. When I listen back to all, our, our old podcasts, I've mentioned something sometimes as if I've thought of it. And I thought, no shit, I, I heard that on a different podcast or I read it somewhere. Me and Nick both just said 100% at exactly the same time. 
we're both under <laughs> the same influence. So I think he's just commenting on the fact that, like, even when you're having a conversation, social with your commentary partner, in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're having a conversation with your partner. You're passing off, even when you're trying to have a real conversation, you kind of not because you're passing off other people's opinions as your own. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like I said, I read stuff like that, like that online, kind of like back that that thing up. So I found that quite interesting. Everything you know, John, everything we all know has been taught to us by somebody else, hasn't it? We haven't learned well, exactly, these things yeah. about gravity yeah. and stuff and you know science and all that. Yeah, yeah that's weird. What did you think about uh, David Willis's um, bit where he said something about like shagging kids in a bed or something like that? Uh, he didn't actually say that. He said something along the lines <laughs> of, "You can sleep in that bed, and and you can fuck, but uh, bear in mind, it's not designed for two pe- two adult humans. It's yeah, designed yeah. for one kid. Not even not even two kids. Why even bring two kids into it? It's just fucking weird. It was weird that the language was using, like, yeah. Not so well, it's his fault. It was just I think it was just it was poorly timed. I thought I just didn't seem like. It just didn't seem, it wasn't funny. It didn't add anything to it. It was just, his dad's a bit of a rapey bastard. Well, again, I, I'm reaching there big time. I'll just stretch, stretch for this one. <laughs> uh, the, I think it's like, again, a bit of a commentary on the fact that when your parents get to, because he's, he's old again in that scene and still with Alzheimer's. Yeah, he is. When, he, when your parents get to that age, they do say embarrassing stuff, don't they? And shit, they, you know, yeah. they show you up in public and stuff. Yeah. And, so maybe it's just a bit of that, like, like I well, think I this whole so. film, I think the whole thing is like all about Charlie Calvin's anxiety of like getting old and seeing your parents grow old and stuff like that, and just that fear, you know, of your parents slipping away. And you know, do you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah, I know I, what you mean. I've not watched it, but he did a synecdoche in New York like over ten years ago, and apparently mm-hmm. that's a lot of the same stuff dealing with aging and stuff like that. So I think it's one of his big like. Big anxieties. He's scared of dying, isn't he? Really, aren't they? Like, you, you think of like um, Spotless Mind and um, being John Malkovich. Like, yeah. A lot of them have to do with like memory and, and, and stuff like that. So they are. Definitely, yeah, Jim Carrey, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. I mean, he didn't direct either of those two films that we did, did he? No, but he, he no, but is this his directorial debut? No, he's done quite a few. Like I, said, I think Synecdoche from New York was one of his first ones. Right. I've never, heard, I've never heard of that one, so I don't know. Right. And he did a... a, a I'm not sure if he directed an adaptation with Nicolas Cage, but he definitely wrote it. And he did one a few years ago called Anomalisa, which was all stop-motion uh, animation. I love really, stop-motion animation. It is really good, to be honest with you, that film. It's very depressing, but it's a good film, though. Give it a go. Yeah. But like, again, going back to the anxiety thing, like when I was watching this film and they get, they get to the house and she sits down for a meal with the family, the whole conversation, I just felt so anxious watching it because it's just so like cringy and stuff. The stuff she's talking about. in the paintings and stuff, wasn't she? She was like, oh, my, my boy does paintings as well. What do you think about yeah. going down downstairs into the basement where the paintings were? What do you think that's all about? I don't know. I wasn't that bothered about the basement bit, but I like the way they set it up. Again, it felt like a bit like a horror film kind of thing. 
and Jack was shouting down the stairs and she couldn't hear him because it felt like it was so far away. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, the whole setup for that when they first turned up, they just joke about yeah. it at first where they're like, don't go down in the basement. And she's like, why not? What do you keep down there? And it's like, oh, nothing. Just don't go down there. But then she's like, what are those scratches on the door? And all of a sudden, it turns. It goes from being a joke to being like, actually, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, in some ways, the film is innocent completely, but in other ways, the film is kind of like, yeah, there is some freaky shit going on as well. And like, just little things when when they get to the house, he has a thermos of coffee with him, and he just pops yeah, it in the bottom it. drawer. He has like a thermos of coffee. Yeah. Oh, he, he does. He has a, I remember it's a Stanley one. That's the day that made, they made yeah. thermos. Yeah. And he pops it in the bottom drawer of the cabinet, and there's a load of yeah. thermos flasks already in there. Do you notice that? There's about, there's about seven or eight I flasks just all that. lined up. I noticed it was a Stanley thermos that he had. Yeah, and it's just a weird thing. It's like maybe this family just keep flasks in the in the bottom drawer in the hallway. <laughs> I guess families do have weird stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like, just what, just, just what you do, you know what I mean? Like, so, so again... Maybe, maybe that is what this whole thing's about, just a big, like, thing about how weird families can be, like, in their own, like, settings yeah. and stuff. Cause, like, Having their own little weird ticks and stuff. Yeah, like, there, there, there is some, like, bits which you just, like, you just see, it's like, yeah, that's... I guess that's just something that you'd see as being part of the family, isn't it? Like, it's not something... Yeah. That, you know, you're, um, you're used to seeing for like your own family. It's just something that certain families, like your family, might have like their own little weird things and stuff. So, yeah, that you think is perfectly normal. I guess the whole film is just kind of like a whole, like, like, like you say, a commentary on like how weird families are and like how, how, how you can kind of see, um, like you say, your parents aging and stuff, uh, I guess. Yeah, I don't understand it. I think if I watch it again in a year or two, it might it might go up in the estimation kind of thing. And like the whole thing of that that conversation being like anxiety inducing, the bit where the mum's on about the, the genius version of Trivial Pursuit, and Meth Damon is just like the, the genius version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like. Yeah. Well, what, so we, we, I've been calling it genius all these years. Why didn't we get the genius version? And it's like, there is no genius There's version. No thing, <laughs> <is that? laughs> yeah. I thought that was quite good. Um, that is funny. Because most people see it as genius. Why wouldn't you? Because <laughs> it looks yeah. like, why wouldn't it be that? I think genius just means like uh, categories or topics or something. Yeah, you know, like yeah. certain categories or something like that. But yeah, yeah I just I found it that really very well, funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just one little note. Apparently, he's had a beef with Robert Zemeckis like over the last 10, 15 years. I don't know what it's over, but he has a little pop in when, like, for some reason, they're, watch, they're watching a film. That the old janitor's watching a film on the TV, which is like a shit like rom com. And it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> oh, really? His rights have been allowed for that thing. So I, can, I just feel like he's saying, like, this is Robert Zemeckis trying to make a film like this would end up making this shit rom-com, whereas I'm making this, like, pretentious art house kind of mindfuck or whatever. Mm. I, I just found it weird. He clearly hates Robert Zemeckis, so... 
Mm. Well, we're not going to ignore the elephant in the room, are they? Come on. The elephant in the room is the fact that, what the fuck is it, opera and sort of uh, the musical choices within this film? What, the Oklahoma thing? I'm just talking about like the fact that it goes, it goes a damn right, like a, a ballet at one point. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, two games, yeah. I think. at that point, where, where like, once they get to the school, it just, like, the entire feel of the film just changes, I thought. Like, like, what, like once um, they, they, they find each other in the, um, in the school and the, the ballet counterparts come out and it just turns into this weird like, ballet movie. Um, where they just get like, I feel like there was a story there within the dance. I don't get it, but I feel like it was <laughs> there. Um, but um, yeah, it, it just felt like um, it um, completely changed at that point. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, just, I, I didn't get any of that. And even the bit at the end on stage when he's like doing a speech. And they've all got like really Dressed. bad. Why have they all got face paints on? Yeah, really bad, like old people makeup and stuff like that. I'm maybe I don't it. get it. Maybe I'm too weak to to uh, too immature to understand that. Um, <laughs> Jesse Buckley's character, the whole thing. I mean, she she just seems snotty as well. Cringy. Oh really? Parts, I, I thought like so. Yeah, it was. I think it was like they were trying to like have feminism as a main part of the role or something like that. I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm not sure. What It just seems like she just seemed like a dick. Like, she didn't seem like the kind of person I would want to be friends with anyway. <laughs> oh, I, I thought she I quite liked it. I like the fact that, you know, when, like, she's got a monologue in her head thinking to herself. And I, I like the fact she's, <laughs> Yeah, she's thinking about stuff. And he keeps on interrupting her thoughts. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've got... I'm sure it's happened to you guys. Like, you know, you might be sat there at work thinking, like, oh, I'm going to go and watch Bill and Ted tonight. And like, oh, I can't wait to watch it. That'd be great. And someone's like, oh, John, can you send that file over? And you're like, oh, I was thinking oh, about Bill totally. and Ted. Oh, you ruined my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, halfway through a thought, and someone just cuts you off. And I, I thought that was really good. Like, they visualized it quite well, the way they uh, did that, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Can't argue yeah. with that. Yes, yeah, so I think I'm pretty much done, guys. If you guys have got anything more to, to add. Um, I, I reckon. Alright, just want to do ratings now? Yeah, I've just got one final quick note, just for Jimbo this. Uh, he's wrote a fiction book recently, uh, Charlie Kaufman, and in the book, the character takes a lot of pops at your, fav- your favourite director. Uh, my favourite director, sorry, sorry, John. Yeah, takes a lot of pops at uh, Mr Nolan. Who, who, who takes a lot of pops, sorry, sorry. Charlie Kaufman, through his fictional character in his new book, uh, I think they refer to Nolan. It, it, he's wrote a book, where, and the main character is a film critic. And like, uh, he, re- he refers to Nolan, I think. His films are intellectual films for dumb people, it says in the book. <laughs> <laughs> is that a compliment or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it doesn't seem to be a fan of Nolan, though. So uh, you'll, be, you'll be fuming at that. You're, you're, you're Nolan's number one fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've always thought Christopher Nolan was a bit of an arsehole, to be honest with you. But, um, I think Charlie Kaufman agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, I agree with him on that point, but I think that, 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 that Christopher Nolan makes a lot better of a film than Kaufman, unfortunately. Yeah, so you're, da- you're coming Cinematography down to Nolan. Cinematography-wise, especially, because he always yeah. works with that old fella, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's with uh, Hoyt Van Hoytsma now. Uh, Hoytman Hoytman. Hoyt Van Hoytema is a new cinematographer. Oh, 
Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah, Nolan. Yeah. Oh, what, what, what was the guy called before his other main guy? It, it was Wally Fister before him. He was like a class cinematographer, but he uh, yeah. he stopped working with him now. Oh, I thought there was another one that was from like the seventies and eighties. It was like really famous. Are you thinking of Roger Deakins? Yeah, yeah. He's he hasn't done anything, has he? I don't think he's worked with him. Right. I might be wrong, but his main guy was Wally Fister, but he went off to do his own stuff at, at a certain mm. point. So. Mm. Well, right, do you want to give ratings, guys? Okay, then, ratings. I'll start off if you guys don't mind. Uh, I, I, I feel like I was a bit negative during the review, but I did actually enjoy it. Definitely the first hour. Enjoyed it quite a bit. Second hour, I wasn't really sure what I was watching. And I, I checked out a little bit towards the end, so I'll give it a give it a three heavy three point five. I'd say it might go up on a rewatch once I know actually what's happening. Like, but <laughs> yeah. I'll go three point three point five out of five. Very good, very good. Who's that? You, Nick? I'm very much. Uh, I I didn't get the film at all, but I enjoyed it. I I, I didn't understand anything I was watching at all, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed everything I was watching just because of what, I don't know. It was, it was just very interesting to watch, especially, like you said, that first hour in the house was so interesting, like, watching, like, the, the, the parents kind of grow old and, and revert back. It's so weird, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a, a four out of five. Okay, okay, Powerful, powerful review. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. I'm gonna really say is uh, I loved the girl from um, what's that Bruce Willis film where he doesn't know he's dead? Oh, uh, Tony Collette. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, 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 yeah. I, I loved. She, she was brilliant in it. I think. I think she was probably the best actress, the actor slash actress. She was the best uh, performer in the film. Yeah. Um, David Willis. Yeah. It. it I don't think it's his fault, but I think the way it was edited, it made him look as though he was a bit shit. Um, <laughs> also, guy from um, what was it called? Breaking Bad. He was okay. Yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, well, I can't remember the Jesse fucking Jesse Buckley, whatever the name is. Yeah, she she was believable, but also kind of an asshole character. I think she was supposed to be. Um, I, I, I'm not I don't think I'm pretentious enough. I don't think I'm pretentious enough, John <laughs> or Nick. I don't. I don't think I am not. I, I'm not. Um, not so <sighs> it's low. It's low. It's low, bro. Slow, bro. It's like how, how low could you go? One point five out of five. This thing it's too much. Oh what did you say then, James? 1.5. That was? <laughs> even, even the cinematographer, I mean, I can appreciate cinematography. Uh, he, the, the, the cinematographer's done, uh, I can't even know, I can't even, his name's got a Z in it, I know that. Um, I can't pronounce his name, but he's done um, another film that I thought was okay at one point, I think. You mentioned that, Leonardo oh, the They've been no, no. It's uh, not Leonardo da Vinci. The other guy. Caprio. Yeah, Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, it's 
that guy who chopped his ear off, that fellow. Oh, Van Gogh. Yeah. And Van I think Gogh. it might have been uh, Willem Dafoe who played him, actually. Ah, right. I think mm. you're right, actually. Yeah, I did recall this well, actually. Yeah. So, um, one, good one for that, five, but... One out of five stars, though, that, like... 1.5. It's 1. not quite... 5. It's more than one, but it's not as good as two. Crap, <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, Drivel. Yeah. It's just... It, it, it. This is the reason why film is dead. <laughs> so you that want... You and, want... You know, and, and, you know, Disney just pumping out shit. <laughs> and also, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan not, you know, doing a good enough job at his promotions. <laughs> There's a few reasons, really, but this is one of them. Not a massive fan. 1.5, sorry. So I'm guessing you won't be, like, re-watching it in a year's time or anything? I might watch it if I've got a seance. If I, if I become a <laughs> vicar of some sort I've of, like, antichrist twice. church. What? I've already watched this film twice. Fucking hell, you're a glutton for punishment, you aren't you, Nick? <laughs> well, I watched it like when it first came out, well, like a month ago or something. And, um, and, and I needed to watch it more recently, otherwise, I wouldn't like have any. Yeah, about it, so. I could have done with another, another watch, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest with you, like, I literally watched half a bit about a week ago and then watched the other half of it today and then thought, what the fuck? And then we wound it quite a lot and then spent like half an hour or an hour rewinding it and watching the other scenes and thinking, wow. <laughs> the thing is, I found myself throughout the entire film, I, I was so enthralled with what was happening. Like, like playing that, what was happening to be fair, it was just like, I was so like um, intent on like knowing what was going on. Even though it was... I feel like it's only at the end of the film I, I realised I didn't know what was going on. I felt like I was always gonna, I was always going to be told what was going on. Um, so I was, I was, I was so like into the film because like, oh, come on, tell me what's yeah. going on, tell me what's going on, and then at the end I just didn't know. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's why I was so like into the film because I was just like so interested in being given the answers, which I was never. Given. No, I feel like it was a bit of a disappointment, especially at the end. It went into like an opera sort of thing. If I'd have known that that's what I was going into, maybe I would have appreciated it like more. A, like, like have I you seen though, Cats? Is it like Cats? Like I say, though, I, feel, I, I definitely feel like it was just like it was a dream or something. It was just, it was just, it was straight, straight from. It was definitely made out to be a dream, and I think oh, some of the no. sentences that were said in that film in. It, Purposefully left out parts of it to freak your mind out. Like it was like... a bit where she was in the she was in the um, the girl, what the girl's called. She was inside the basement, and um, she couldn't hear what was going on upstairs. And she said, "I'll I'll come up, okay." It's not like I'll be up in a minute, sort of thing. Like as a normal person would say, it was just like it, it, I can't remember that's exactly what it said. It was just a sentence that wouldn't have made sense in any other. It doesn't just doesn't make it's sense. This, it's like it's you it's think of a weird thing like. in your dream. It's similar to I, I imagine it's similar to obviously I, I, I I'm a big fan of Eternal Sunshine and being John Malkovich and they're both mind fucks. And I think this is trying to be that, but also he's directing it, so. I feel like, James, I feel like, I feel like that's why it's basically come straight from the pages of your dream diary. 
I feel like yeah. it's 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 not how the it's like with them films. It's like he's had this weird dream, he's written it down, and then someone else has gone, well, let's try and make sense of this and turn it into something yeah. actually watchable. But this is just like he's written it in his dream diary and gone, right, let's just spew this out into film. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, fat, I, it reminds me of, like, you know, fat, remember fatpie.com? And it was the guy who did Salad Fingers and stuff. <laughs> what was his name? Do you remember? David Firth. And he was, he's an amazing animator and stuff. And he's hilarious. And all of his videos are really funny. But he, at one point, I don't know whether this is true, but he claimed that all of his videos came from his dreams, his weird nightmares he had. And this film had that sort of sort of thing. But do you know what? I'd rather go on fatpie.com or I don't know if that <laughs> website exists anymore. I'd rather watch <laughs> Salad Fingers than this fucking film. <laughs> right, guys, we all done with uh, done with that film then, yep? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll get into a... Uh, Whatever else we've watched, if you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys mind if I start off? Yeah, not at all. Just want to mention one film that I caught at Cineworld on Monday night. Uh, I heard that Cineworld was closing on Friday, so I thought, right, I'll have to try and fit a few films in before before it's shut. So uh, I watched what, I mean, the. What, what choice have you got, John? I mean, what films are going on at the cinema at the minute? Well, this is the thing, they, they did an unlimited showing. They planned this before they announced the closure. Right. So they had a preview of a uh, Saint Lord. I don't know if you've heard about it. Like a psychological horror film by, uh, I think the director's called Rose Glass. She's done some other interesting stuff as well, apparently. But it's uh, by the production company uh, A24, who do like all the class. I, I love A24, yeah. Yeah, they did like Hereditary and Midsummer. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's been loads of others they've done as well. Uh, yeah. A24 do quite creepy shit as well, usually, don't they? Yeah, this is a bit different from a normal horror film because you don't you don't really know whether it's going to be like just her going mad or whether there's actually something going on, kind of thing. But it's a film about a young girl who, when the film picks up, she's working as like a, a living nurse for like a woman with terminal cancer. But you quickly learn she's like very religious and stuff. And she's almost like judging the woman who's dying because of the way she lives and stuff like that. And it all spirals from there. And you get like little hints of her background where like she bumps into some friends in town and they're like, oh, what are you doing now? And she's like, well, I'm still nursing. And they're like, you're nursing still. And like the hint of the fact that she's done something in the past to like get fired as a nurse, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you get you get hints that like she's very troubled and what have you, and she's heavily religious and all this. And I won't say any more because like for it to work for this film to work for you, it's best off going in completely blind kind of thing. I don't want to oversell it, but you guys know that I don't scare easily with horror films and stuff. But then, <laughs> like I'll, I'll just watch anything. You know, I'm just not bothered about horror films. But this film got me in a big way. Like. Uh, what? I, I genuinely quite, shit quite my pants. Creepy, yeah. <laughs> I actually shit my pants in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a uh, yeah, more, more so than, than the witch. Uh, see, I love I love the witch, but I was never really that creeped out by it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'd, oh, that's another A twenty four one. I forgot about that. Uh, 
so I do I do love the witch, but I didn't particularly find it that scary. But this film, there's one bit in it where I absolutely catch my fans. Fucking hell! I'll <laughs> keep my eye out for that. Then I like I like shitting myself. If you again, you know, I, I noticed I, I I kind of enjoy doing it. So yeah, that that'll be good. Sometimes you yeah. can just poke a bit of toilet paper inside your pants before the film, just so if you do happen to log on to your internet, there's there's, there's a there's a buffer buffer zone. Yeah, should have planned ahead really, but yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 just because I want to rewatch it and see if it'll bump it up to a 5 kind of thing. I don't, I don't want to go straight out with a 5, but yeah, I loved it. Very interesting. Uh, it's opening this weekend at Odeon, so he, you can still catch it kind of thing. So yeah, check it out. Not not uh, Cineworld, though. No, no more Cineworld from this Friday onwards. Yeah. But Odeon's yeah. still going, isn't it? Yeah. Only at weekends, though. We didn't mention that before. Odeon's still open, but only at weekends going forward. Right. Yeah, so... Okay. Uh, well... No, it's the Nick's upside down now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to make uh, myself feel more corrected. <laughs> for the listener, Nick is now upside down on Zoom, so... <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 Thanks for that, Nick. I forgot to tell you I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. upside down now. I can tell. I can tell. From your video. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Who wants to go next? Uh, oh, you, you go next, Nick. I'm sure you've seen loads of stuff. Oh, I've I've been watching utter trash. Like, sorry, the- just before we continue, Nick, I've just got I've just noticed a few of my notes. These are just about the film that we watched tonight. Sorry, the one that oh, we, the we, film we, that we're talking about on, tonight. On <laughs> Yeah, just just quickly, just like literally, don't worry about this. But one of my notes is, I do. (laughs) One of my notes, John, is is puke on nightgown. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually puke. Yeah, she put a hand in it. Bit gross. She touched the touched the dirty puke. Um, and then I think that was it. Yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> Sorry, go on, mate. Nice one, nice one. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been watching a lot of trash over the past couple of weeks. I've been like... I, w- I won't mention the trash I've been watching, actually. What I've been watching, I've been watching like, all the old classics. What websites there. are you using, Nate? Just tell us. Just get it out. Put it in the comments. Just put the put the dirty websites in the comments just so we all know what, <laughs> what it is. So what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'll 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 ignore. I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I'll not talk. To be fair, one thing that I did watch. One thing I did watch the other night for the first time ever, and it was actually really good. Was um, when Harry met Sally. Oh really? Like the original rom com. Um, What's the guy called? The get the famous actor. Harry. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. It was Billy Crystal and uh, Meg Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Is it actually worth watching that, Nick? Sorry, guys. Can I just jump in there? Just not to to do this again, but just to go back to the main film. (laughs) 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 They mentioned Billy Crystal and the uh, the dad called him a Nancy boy. Really? Um, Yeah, at the the dinner table. (laughs) Wow. I mean, the dad said a lot. David Twillis, he says a lot of shit, doesn't he? 
Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you go on, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I watched that for the first time the other night because it's, it's on Netflix now. Um, yeah, that, was, that was an interesting film. Um, like, Would just as a could a genuine, genuine normal not person could they just watch that and enjoy it? Could they then, Nick? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Like the, re- the reason I what I mean, why are you insinuating that I'm not a normal person? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was saying. Oh. <laughs> um, but like the, the reason the reason I watched it is because I've been watching the boys, and um, one of the main characters from the boys is the son of Meg Ryan. Um, oh, right. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, I, and I watched. And, um, I watched an interview with him where he was talking about um, watching that film because obviously she has one of the most famous orgasm films yeah. ever, um, scenes ever. Yeah. In public, public orgasm scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. She's got one Imagine what, what her kids must think of her. No, exactly, but <laughs> I, I saw this and, it, and, and her son was saying he cried and actually called her up and went, wow, that was amazing, Mom, what the hell? Um and um, so Whoa. I thought, I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> if, her, if, her, if her own son's watched her fake an orgasm on the film, I thought, yeah. wow, what acting that is. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna have to watch it. Anyway. And to be fair, <laughs> it, was, it was a really good film. And Meg Ryan was incredible in it, to be fair. So, um, yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm, like I say, trash films. Apart from that, I've been watching the um, old classics on um, on. on now TV, like the likes of basically all of the old Tom Hanks films that everyone knows, Pri- Saving Private, Shaving Ryan's Privates. Um, oh yeah, my favourite one. Yeah. Must have Castaway on there. No, uh, to be fair, it was on there. I've not watched that, but um, I was Wound Raider or Grand Theft Anal? What? <laughs> all right, different guy. Different, different genre. Oh, and yeah. then Forrest Gump as well. What's Forrest Gump? Like, that was an interesting mm, what a great film. Another uh, callback to the main film. Robert Zemeckis directed that. So Charlie Kaufman hates awesome. him. Oh, really? Oh, you said that. Charlie Kaufman can uh, yeah, yeah, establish so... what Charlie Kaufman can do, haven't we? I can't, <laughs> I can't say I've been watching anything, anything of any kind of relevance. I've just been watching like. Apart from what I've just mentioned, which are actually quite good films, I've been watching utter trash. Like, I like like one star films, like just just because I've got nothing else to do. Just <laughs> why not? Like, like, I mean, sometimes like an hour and a half long movie, just something to put on while whilst I've got an hour and a half to kill. Yeah, that's all I've been doing. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I'll get I'll get onto that. Like, I've watched some absolute. Garbage as well, in a similar vein. So, so anything else? Anything else, Nick? You've been getting through? I mean, I mean, I, I, I could go on all day of the absolute <laughs> shite I've been watching, but um, I'll, I'll allow James to to to, to step in. Yeah. Step in. No worries. I've only lately, I've only seen like two films, like for ages. I've I've, I've I've, obviously, we've all been busy with COVID and all that. Busy COVID farming. Yeah, have you not been grabbing your COVID thing and getting the milk out of them? I've been milking my COVID cows and stuff. So, obviously, I've, I've, I've been a bit busy. But um, the other night, I watched Dread. Wow. 
from 2012. Yes. I actually quite liked it. Alex Garland, I love, basically. I love it. Dre- Sorry, yeah. it was Dread you said, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Dread, yeah, yeah. Um, as, in, but as, apparently, in Dread. as in Judge Dread. Yeah. And irrespectively of, apparently, irrespectively of who you think directed it, Alex Garland actually directed it and he also wrote it, wrote the screenplay wait, for it. Wait, wait, Alex Garland didn't direct Dread, did he? I know, I know, this is the weird thing. But apparently Carl Urban, the bloke who played Judge Dredd, has actually come out and said, look, the original director, I don't even know the name of him, I can't even remember the name of him, um, made a fucking cock-up of the whole thing. And Alex Garland, who wrote the screenplay for it, swooped down on in and basically he, he was the director of the whole film as well. I know uh, I Carl Urban actually, I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase his quote now. And he said, I wish people would say instead of, you know, Ex Machina being, um, you know, Alex Garland's first film, Judge Dredd is actually his first film because right. that's how literally how much. But I watched it the other day and I was like, I was just expecting, like, I've, I've seen it before. I mean, I watched it when it first came out. It's just dreading it. And I watched it and I was like, actually, I was on edge. And in some ways, it reminded me of, you know, what's that? Um, is it a Thai film? Uh, the Raid. Uh, the Raid. It reminded me of The Raid 1. <clears throat> it's funny you mention it because, like, me, Joel Inman. He's a Welsh, he's a Welsh director, the fucking guy who did The Raid, isn't he? Yeah, see, that's Gareth Evans or Gareth Edwards. Gareth must... Evans, I think that's yeah. Uh, me, Joel Inman, did a DC review of it a while ago. Yeah. And I pointed out on that that they both came out the same year and it's as if they've copied each other. Like, the films are almost ident- identical. It's about, like, getting locked into a, a criminal's high-rise and to work the way yeah. up to get to the bad guy kind of thing. Uh, but I, yeah. I love it. I love both of them. I love both of them. I would say, I mean, I mean, we don't know. I mean, I don't think it's um, Alex Garland's fault. I mean, Alex Garland, we know from the fame of, I mean, he wrote a book, The Beach. He wrote The Beach, and then he must yeah. have made friends with uh, Danny Boyle as he was making, the, you know, helping him make The Beach. Because then he also did um, Sunshine. Yeah. He also did, uh, what's the other, what's the other film he did with Danny Boyle? It wasn't Slumdog Millionaire, was it? Uh, no, no. A Life Less Ordinary. Yeah, he's done, he's done a couple of films with with uh, with Danny Boyle, anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later is that it? No. Yes, yes. Sunshine, Twenty Eight Days Later, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. And Twenty Eight Days Later is one of the best. I I go as far as to say, Twenty Eight Days Later is the best. UK horror film made in the last 25 years. Definitely, I agree. I, I love it, 28 Days Alex later. Garland, I'm an absolutely massive fan of him. And I, I've not seen Debs yet. It's one thing that I need to watch. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get around to that one point. But it's all of his other his books that he's written, his films, his screenplays. I think Alex Garland is cool as fuck. Um, and especially when he works with Danny Boyle as well. I know Danny Boyle is a great director too. In fact, I know a lad who was in the film Millions, and um, oh, yes. yeah, oh, you know him as well. But I, he, he still speaks to Danny Boyle. I'm like, oh my god, just I, 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 I wish I could speak to Danny Boyle as well. I know it seems like a 
just like a dead normal guy as well, don't he, Danny Boyle? Mm, yeah. yeah. He could have been a Bond director, couldn't he, as well? I think he would have been a better Bond director than, than uh, Mendes, anyway. Yeah, I mean, in the future, we might still might still get him at some point. Yeah, it looks like we're going to get Superman as Bond, and we're going to get like some other weird shit going on. Michael Fassbender, yeah. 1969. Let's set, let's make a Bond movie like that. That'd be pretty cool, I think. I agree. It'd be good. You've all, you've all said that, haven't you? It'd be yeah, good idea. There's no, there's no place for a Bond villain, a Bond person, a Bond character, Bond villain. There's no place for it in the 21st century, is there? No. Uh, just just on that as well. Uh, oh, I totally forgot what I was going to say, man. Uh, the Danny Boyle, Alex Garland thing. Oh, have you watched uh, Annihilation? By uh, Alex Garland. You have, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. Another, another good film. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, good. Well, I'll have to watch Devs at some point and do like a, a podcast yeah. on it or something. I was speaking to my mate today actually, and he was saying that it's only worth watching the first episode of Devs because the first episode of Devs is like an episode of Black Mirror, and the rest of it is just really slow and drawn out, and nothing happens. Oh, really? I've been interested to watch that for a while now, but she never got around to it. Yeah. Apparently, w- watch the first episode of Devs. Just go from there, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'll, I'll just jump in with something else if that's okay. Uh, a bit like Nick mentioned, I've just been watching some absolute garbage as well. I've worked through the entire Leprechaun series. They're all, all... You know about the films that where they're like little tiny men that are baddies? Well, it's uh, Warwick Davis who played Wicket W. Warwick in Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. And, and I know, of course I know who Warwick Davis is, but is he... Is he... Betrayed he's the creepy creatures. He's, he was just, just the one creepy leprechaun who's killing people and stuff. Ah. Uh, and it's, I, I only watched it because I've seen the first one before. And like Jennifer Aniston's in the first one. Brilliant. And uh, it's one of them where like, I saw the role on Amazon Prime and I thought, you know what? I, I'm, I'm off work this week. I'm just going to burn through the leprechaun series. Like, they'll, they'll all be like 80 minutes. I can just burn yeah. through them. And yeah. I love shit horror films. So... And I've never seen them. Apart from part one, I've never seen the other ones. But as I watched through them, I realised with every film that I'd seen them all before. Stuff was after like, yeah, I was like watching what parts. Of it, like, memory? Did you just forget that you'd seen them in in the past world? Yeah, I just did it. The films that I must have watched on like late night TV in the nineties, not even realised were like Leprechaun or something. Like I, I, like, I was watching part yeah. two. I was like, is this like Channel where? 5 shit? I mean, I remember watching Scream on Channel 5 on my little like CRT TV when I was like, yeah. I don't know how old I would have been. Um, but I remember watching it on a little tiny, the same size as like a laptop screen, like, like, a, like, like a little laptop, but like a CRT TV. And you just had that balance on top of like a PlayStation and you could play a couple of games on it. They were the days, weren't they? That's what I did in the 90s when I was a teenager. I'd just literally have a TV for the Mega Drive and I'd have my game gear with the TV tuner in and I'd be like, I'd stay up until like three in the morning just playing games on the Mega Drive, watching films on the TV tuner. You had two but, fucking TVs, did you? Oh, no. Literally, I had a game gear with a oh, TV tuner. Oh, the actual Sega, the Sega handheld. Yeah, the handheld. And you could watch TV on, yeah. that, on the game gear. Oh, you could actually get a, like a plug-in thing for that, couldn't you? Is that what you're about? Yeah. Yeah, the little TV tuner thing, yeah. That was so the I... first handheld console I ever had. And, you know, I remember going to school when I was about, like, five or... Well, I thought, oh, no, maybe I was older than that. Maybe, like, seven or eight or something like that. 
and you could bring your own shit to school day or like you can just oh, yeah, do totally your, it's the end of end of yeah and i had i had, I had um batman returns on like mega drive like on on the uh what's call it uh what do we call it? Game Gear. Game Gear. And then yep. some other guy had the... Had, but somehow, everybody thought that the, 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 the Game Boy was cooler. But I don't know I why, know. because, like... It's the Game Gear was, like, a Nintendo... Sorry, like a Game Game Boy Advance or something like that. It was so much better. Yeah, colour screen and everything. But everyone, everyone preferred the Game Boy. So lighting up colour screen and the Game Boy was some black and white shit. What the hell is that about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I've been watching this film for like the, the game game at night and in my head I think I just merged them all into like the first film thinking oh that was that was all just like one that I watched but then when I was watching these films I was watching Leprechaun 2 and I was like hold on is this the one where they lock him in a safe and I was like yeah it is I've seen this <laughs> and then like in part three you've yeah, already like part seen three, it and you hate it well in, in, in part three I was like watching it thinking like hold on a minute is this the one where he makes the girls' breast implants blow up. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like film, my, my kind of film, John. I mean, honestly, like they are rubbish, but I, I could appreciate the humour in him now. Like, they're, they're, like he's quite good. Warwick Davis, like he, he's just like dead funny, like something creepy and stuff. Was it Willow? He's, he's most famous yes. for as well, John. Willow yeah. was the most famous thing, and also he was in Star Wars, and he's been in you know sort of Ricky Gervais shit. Sorry. Yeah, I've done a lot yeah. of gray stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but he's been, he's been in a few bits and bobs, hasn't he? I'd definitely not recommend him. I, it. But, I mean, if you like shit horror films and you've got nothing else to do, just whack them on, you know what I mean? If you like, but, if, if you like diarrhoea, just, just watch <laughs> this I, film. I get, I get what you're saying with that, though, because I, I genuinely do like shit films like I, I yeah i enjoy watching shit films and like especially yeah. shit horror films like it's just it's just fun to watch this absolute shine but it's yeah like i said i mean if, that's what i did that's... when i watched uh today's you know, the, the <laughs> film, of the, film of the day really <laughs> if i was going to recommend any of the films i'd say, say part three because it goes to vegas and it's a bit more fun that one and the lead actress in that lee armstrong is quite a bit cute. of a peak, so uh, check that one out. Pretty and cute, part, is she all? Yeah, she's really nice, yeah. He's all and, uh, Prime, yeah, on Amazon Prime. And part five as well, Leprechaun in the hood. Uh, that, that's pretty in good. In the hood. That sounds cool. That sounds like yeah. right on my street. Uh, ice tea is in it. Because of my street. Guy. What, ice tea is in it, yeah. Ice tea, yeah. Uh, but in that, though, genuinely, the, the three main characters... They're really likable. Like you actually don't want them to die. You know, like you, you, you proper like behind them and stuff. So, yeah, check it. if you're gonna watch any, watch part three yeah. and part five. You. Well, I just burn through them all myself, to be honest. Honestly, mate. Yeah, go through. They're like eighty minutes long. So I don't think I don't think I've ever actually seen any of them. So I might have to keep it. And Jennifer Aniston, at her peak, you isn't. You can't go wrong with Jennifer Aniston, can you? Yeah, she's like before she friends. Lovely, though. to be honest. Yeah. I did watch right. a film called Outbreak with yeah. um, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, yeah. yeah. And Rene Russo. Rene Russo, yeah. And also had the, um, the, 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 other, the other, other Epstein guy. Oh, I don't, I don't know there was another Epstein. 
Oh, well, not that I've seen, but uh, another <laughs> guy who... So, so, wait, what, there's another Epstein? <laughs> no, 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 It had a guy in it from, I can't remember his fucking name now, but he was in... Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> What's his name now? Like, uh, Ameri- uh, uh, sorry, like a... Uh, American Beauty. Oh, fucking... Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's a fella. Kevin Spacey's what? in this film as well. Oh, I forgot. I forgot he was in it. Yeah. Yeah. He does a really good job of it. He he comes across as an arsehole, which is he's quite good at doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I know why you got confused with the Epstein thing. I'm with you now. <laughs> uh, now 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 we're on the same. <laughs> clicks. Yeah, it clicks now. <laughs> what do you What do you think, Will? Great film, yeah, yeah. Apart from the helicopter chase at the end, I mean, there's, there's no reason for a helicopter chase to happen at the end of that film. Pretty. I can't. I don't remember much about it now, but isn't that a movie theater where the outbreak happens? In that. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think they go to they go to a cinema and people are coughing and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end, um, Cuba Gooding Jr. and um, whoever that other guy, Dustin Hoffman, is. They get in a helicopter and just fly around for a while. Pretty cool, I think. Chasing, chasing the virus. Yeah, exactly. That was a but great we, film. Mentioned, we mentioned before, huh? like, that's the kind of film for me that we, we, they don't make anymore, but I think they might get yeah. back to making that kind of mid-level thriller. You know they what I mean? They have like, to. They're going to have yeah. to. Like a sci-fi, sci-fi channel level. Yes, yeah, just cheaper. And, like, it's more about the stars than the actual special yeah. effects and stuff, you know what I mean? Well, I hope that's what they're going to do. And I hope Arnold Schwartz, they're going to they're make a robot of him and, uh, and and make that happen. <laughs> right, guys, do you want to uh, just wrap things up? Yeah. Uh, we'll just mention as well, we're planning for the next, hopefully in the few weeks before Halloween, we can get like a bit of a Halloween-themed uh, podcast on the go, if you guys are okay with that. Uh, I was thinking if we all pick a horror film and uh, you know review it in depth and then like every week lead up to Halloween we'll have a new uh, a new horror film a new creepy I wonder thing. who's going to pick Halloween for their movie oh maybe well, nobody will I'll show me hand I'll tell you the two that I'm I'm going to pick one of two films Halloween is one of them Okay. See, either Halloween when, or Psycho. When I said that then, I was kind of putting it out there to, to figure out whether you were going for like the classic slasher movies or if we're going for like a full-on creepy movie or anything. But so Literally anything, any, any horror film you want. So, so now I know what, what you're kind of going mm-hmm. for. I feel like I've got a few movies in mind, so... Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally gonna. It's gonna be a toss up between Psycho or Halloween for my choice. So, yeah. and I think maybe what we should do is like have a runner up for each one because I've got, I've got, we've all got a good idea what we want to have as our favorite, you know, scary film or horror film or whatever. But we should have like a runner up, a dumps prize as well. <laughs> I like that. I might actually pick like a shit film as well to talk about, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, a shit film that speaks to you, I, that, that, I feel as though there's a few of them that knock it out. To be fair, I, I, I yeah, in, in, in the um, like horror genre, there's definitely some terrible films which I would, I would, I would like. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned yeah. it a few weeks ago. 
Candyman 3, one of the worst films ever made, but that might be interesting to talk about at some point. <laughs> <laughs> is is the mind. next Candyman out now, though? Is the next no, Candyman out? been postponed again until next year. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know what I'd like to talk about just randomly? Um, what was that? Um, that um, Groundhog Day ripoff that was a Halloween. Oh, Happy Death Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. That one and the sequel. That's a yeah. an interesting one. Happy Death Day to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were terrible, but they were fun. I can't quite. <laughs> happy like Death Day was alright. Yeah, <laughs> Wasn't that bad? Yeah, so I, I would mean, think. They were terrible, but they were fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you got you two have a think. You, you got any ideas so far? Or? I have, but I don't. I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> not fine, I've only fine. got like one thing that I think is like a cool, shitty okay. series. Nice one, nice one. Yes, yeah, so we've got that coming up, guys. But uh, I think we're pretty much all done then. If you you guys are both okay to wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Great stuff. So yeah, we'll be back again, hopefully uh, a week or two before Halloween. We'll uh, we'll drop the next podcast. So and hopefully by then we'll be out of lockdown as well. So we won't won't be over Zoom next time. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you very thanks, much. thanks, Boris Johnson for not allowing us to do anything we want to <laughs> for spoiling our fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's good to see you both guys. So uh, we'll, we'll right, catch up again in a couple of weeks. Great stuff. Cheers, bye. Sarah. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can email with any feedback or complaints at don't spoil the ending at gmail.com or you can tweet us at DSTE Podcast. Thanks for watching. <laughs> From the land of the Irish Spring Dublin's the place where I learned my thing From the Emerald Isle to your place in the hood I'm the man of green, come to do no good Left in the hood, come to do no good Left in the hood, come to do no good Blunt is dope, this place is hype There's a lassie, she's just my type